Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the first ever episode of the RV Connects podcast, where we talk RV lifestyle tips, reviews, and stories of part-time life on the road from a uniquely Canadian perspective and in 30 minutes or less. On today's episode, we talk headless deer, taking a 1,650-kilometer road trip, that's about 1,030 miles, give or take, for our American listeners, and reveal the smartest purchase we have ever made as RVers. Hey folks, glad to have everybody here. Want to tell you about our trip to Pancake Bay. Pancake Bay is just about 45 minutes, an hour north of Sault Ste. Marie, but for us, the trip begins in southwestern Ontario, just north of Guelph. This is going to be a loop trip that we'd planned out. We were going to go from southwestern Ontario, cross in Sarnia, travel through Michigan, back through Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, up to Pancake Bay, camp in Pancake Bay for a week, then back through Sudbury, and then back home. So this is our first big trip with a pop-up trailer. Uh, We're pretty well-seasoned campers at this point, but everything has been pretty close to home on weekends, maybe short week-long trips but but the difference on this trip is this is our first trip where we're traveling where scooting back home if catastrophe strikes is not an option uh so (laughs) we're we're (laughs) minor catastrophe along the way it's it's a it's about a one week trip maybe maybe eight nine days long the girls are both four and seven um, and we're hitting the road so we begin actually the trip really begins the week leading up and we want to bring the bikes so that we can, you know, have some family bike rides. And the pop-up camper had a bumper-mounted bike rack on it. And I had spent some time adjusting it and making it fit so that things would be secure. And uh, To be a, clear, a bumper-mounted bike rack on the rear of the trailer as opposed to the right. rear of the vehicle. And, and this had been done by the previous owner of the trailer. So, uh, again, we've we hadn't tested it ourselves, but... We were going to give it a go, and I was pretty confident I could make this work. Molina was a little less sure that my uh, ingenuity was going to suffice. I was not sure at all, folks, and I kind of was right, but who's who's keeping score? (laughs) Our best friend neighbor, Dennis, who has no special qualifications in the matter, (laughs) declared as we departed the driveway that, Molina, it's all good, you'll be fine. And that's really... You know, big credit to Dennis for sticking up for the man code and having faith in his friend. (laughs) And really, as the trip began on a Friday night, things really were going quite well. We leave town, we get to Kitchener, we stop at McDonald's, bike rack is fine, everybody eats up. We move down the road a little bit further to Woodstock, we stop and use the washroom, everything is fine. Still on Ontario roads at this point, we get to the duty-free, just short of the Sarnia border crossing. Everybody uses the washroom one more time in case it's a long lineup. Everything is fine. We cross into Michigan, and Michigan is not known for good roads. In fact, it was pretty bumpy as we got into Michigan that we thought maybe we're into a bit of road construction. How after about an hour and a half, we realized that this was just a regular Michigan road. (laughs) As we travel down the road, it's really at dusk, last light. The sun is setting. It's starting to get dark, and there's a bit of a commotion up on the left-hand side of our direction of travel on the two-lane interstate. You know, trying to be responsible, I pull over onto the the right-hand lane to give the people on the left shoulder a little bit extra room to deal with whatever they're dealing with. As we approach the commotion, I realize that a Jeep has lost a wheel because it struck a deer. 
Now the Jeep is on the left-hand side of the interstate on the shoulder, and I'm on the right-hand side. But as I approach, I realize that the deer, which is now decapitated, is sitting in the right-hand lane, and there's a car to my left and a deep ravine to my right, which means I have nowhere to go. Did you mention this was in the dark? It was dark by this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, okay. last, it's last light. It's dusk. <laughs> and so I, I, I look over to Melina and I say, hang on, honey, we're going to have to take this one square. And really the deer was positioned in such a fashion that it went right under the truck just fine. It was a GMC Sierra pickup truck, lots of clearance. And, and that, the truck went over things just fine. But Melina turned over her left shoulder and looked out the back only to see the trailer catch some air because the, the trailer didn't have quite the same ground clearance as the truck did. I kid you not, this trailer probably got about four feet of air off the ground heading over this, this carcass <laughs> and slammed back down with such a force that we lost the bikes. So we didn't just lose the bikes right away. We went down the highway about another 15, 20 minutes. If it's track and straight, the bikes are still in view. We keep on going down the road about another 10 or 15 minutes. By this time, it's completely dark. However, the bikes are starting to fade out of sight. And not because the sun had set, because they literally were bouncing off the highway. So we pull over underneath a well-lit sign that said, prison area, do not pick up hitchhikers. Melina gets out of the truck with me and she's my spotter and holding the flashlight for me. Meanwhile, the seven-year-old's asking me, prison area, hitchhiker, what does that mean? <laughs> so as we're securing the bikes, I'm laying on my back. Melina's holding the flashlight, keeping an eye on traffic, giving me a hand. And the Michigan straight trooper comes up with all of his lights on and floods the area with lots of lights. Melina jumps back into the truck and the state trooper, God bless his soul, asks us if everything's all right over the loud hailer and continues to stay on the scene while I get everything strapped up just to be safe. And then real credit to his profession, he probably follows us, what would you say, honey, another 10, 15 minutes down the road just to make sure everything's okay? Yeah, until we exited the interstate for our final destination that night. So thank you, random state trooper in Michigan in 2013, because you really saved our bacon. I think it's probably important to note really at this point as well, that we didn't have a lot of supplies at that point to strap up the bike rack. We weren't expecting, obviously, the weld to break on the bike rack. And it wasn't bent. The weld broke off. So really, it was like a handful of straps and bungee straps cords. and bungee cords and uh, not very well done at that. So it was kind of clear that we needed a more permanent solution for us to be able to continue our trip. And so that brings us into Michigan for the evening where we stopped. That night, we had previously planned on stopping at a Holiday Inn. Really, the benefit to stopping that night at a hotel, and, and as RVers, don't be afraid to use a hotel because there's a few benefits here. The first, fantastic when you have kids. Especially when you have kids, it gives you a chance for everybody to get cleaned up. Maybe you need to get everybody through the shower without messing up the inside of the trailer chance to get a good sleep the breakfast go is, for a swim go for a swim the breakfast is free you don't have to unpack a bunch of stuff you're able to basically travel late into the evening so maybe you want to plan an itinerary that has you travel a few hours into the dark stay at a hotel get up early not have to unpack all your food and then hit the road nice and early the next morning to make some real distance and extend the range for where you can travel so we continue on through Michigan. We get back up to Sault Ste. Marie. We're about to cross back into Canada. And as we are about to cross back into Canada, the border agent on the Canadian side asked if I have anything to declare. And I said, listen, I picked up a case of beer at the duty free. And just as she's about to tell me that I'm going to have to pay duty on that, I tell her, as well as a box of ratchet straps when we hit a deer and the bikes fell off the back of the trailer, at which point she laughed in my face and told me to get on with the rest of my trip. So thank you, random border guard in 2013, Sault Ste. Marie, for saving our bacon. 
Okay. As Dan mentioned, and I should probably maybe clarify for our non-Ontario listeners, when Dan says the Sioux, he's talking about Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, which to us locals is is called the Sioux. So when you hear that, just know that it's uh, Sault Ste. Marie, of which there is one on the American side and the Canadian side, and that is exactly where the border is located. So as Dan mentioned, our final destination for this trip, our first big road trip in the tent trailer was Pancake Bay Provincial Park. And it's an absolutely fabulous park, really positive, great things about it. It's perfect for families, particularly with young kids. Some of the highlights, there's over three kilometers of sand beach. And when they say the water looks like the Caribbean, it is very, very blue Caribbean water. Now don't confuse that with warmth because we will talk about that. The water is freezing all year long, but just absolutely stunning to look at. Beautiful sunsets, gorgeous night sky, not a lot of light pollution in the area. So if you're into stargazing and planet watching and all that, it's just second to none as far as that's concerned. You really get a great view of Lake Superior from a lot of the lookout hiking trails. There's one, the Edmund Fitzgerald hiking trail, which just gives you a really great 180 view of the bay and the lake. You know, as far as provincial parks go, some of them are a little bit older. Some of them aren't very accessible but in terms of Pancake Bay it, it really is you've got a lot of barrier free campsites washroom facilities the beach access is barrier free and it's a very narrow small park but they do have large RV sites car camping there's yurts they also participate in the Ontario Park seasonal campground program which not every park does but if it's somewhere that you're looking to set up and spend a season it would actually be stunning right from you know June when they open right till the fall that's something to look into as well now We are recording this in COVID times, so our experience with most provincial parks at this point in time, the shower facilities are not operating, the laundry facilities are not operating, and no parks are offering rentals of any kind in terms of equipment right now. So that's something that if you are looking to venture out and about in the next little while to be aware of that you will not have access to, so to plan around those things. Awesome. Yeah, I I think Melina really nailed it. This is just a great park to hang out in. Uh, Lots of easy hikes. There's lots of creeks in the area to take your kids fishing to. We arrived and pulled in the front gate and the local fire department was having a fish fry. Uh, The night sky there is just absolutely amazing. You'll see stars like you've never seen before in your life if you're from the city. Absolute once in a lifetime meteor went streaking right across the sky while we were having a campfire. The other thing I really remember about this park and that I like is is because it's a narrow park, all of the sites are nice and close to the lake, which means it's never a long walk to just get a nice view of the lake. What I would keep in mind is this is Lake Superior, and even if you're one or two rows back from the lake in terms of your campsite, the wind can get up, and I think at one point we had to ratchet strap the awning of the trailer to the bumper of the truck just to keep everything from flying away, and there's those ratchet straps coming into play again. Yeah, they are a lifesaver, definitely. And there are no, I guess, waterfront sites, whereas like the end of your campsite meets the water. But we were at a site where it was essentially, you know, our campsite, the very, very narrow camp road, and then you've got the dunes and the lake. So we had a primo view of the lake every morning, every evening, particularly if you have younger kids staying in that row against the lake is fantastic. If they go to bed a little bit earlier, and you still want to catch a great sunset, you can do that right from your campsite, which was fantastic. Speaking of kids as well, I would just caution if you are traveling to Pancake Bay, and you have younger kids, impressionable kids with very 
illustrative minds, you might want to explain to them before you arrive at the park that the bay is not actually made of pancakes because we have two kids who at that point were quite disappointed when we rolled up and there was no like edible pancakes. That might sound weird, but hey, kid brains, right? Yeah, so I mean, lots of good learning stuff on this trip. Probably some things that I glad that we brought along or I wish we'd started the trip out with at least ratchet straps number one help keeps the bikes on when there's an unfortunate incident helps keep the awning strap down secures anything that might be starting to fly away and listen they're really inexpensive so if you see another traveler in need and, and they've got a bit of a problem you can always toss them a ratchet strap and let them pay it forward and not be out too much money and if you're like me and love to antique and bring home random pieces of furniture to refinish you always have ratchet straps so your husband or your significant other can't say to you we have no way to tie it down we can't bring it home with us I'm so sorry yes indeed a <laughs> couple other more practical things to bring I always like to bring a battery charger to charge the deep cycle battery so it'll be an automotive battery charger with a deep cycle setting so that if you're not on a power site you can charge up your battery especially if you've been there for a while you can either you know use a an electrical site that's unoccupied you can scoot over to the comfort station but it really lets you recharge that battery if you drain it without having to plug in your tow vehicle tripod grill we bought a tripod grill on that trip which let us cook over the campfire and just enjoy lots of time by the fire reading a book and slow cooking potatoes and sausages and and really just enjoy the art of cooking as opposed to just trying to get dinner on the table quickly and this is something we use this grill all the time and i mean we have upgraded now obviously to a 29 foot you know relatively new bunkhouse model trailer and it's got like all the fixings inside but we use this tripod literally for everything whether you're you know hanging a kettle off it or cooking chili on it or made pizzas on them you know roasting sausages dogs potatoes steaks you name it and it's one of these relatively inexpensive bits of camping gear but we literally use it all the time it's absolutely fantastic yeah, we really got put onto it by our uh, friends, Pam and Sean. And, and we're not talking about anything expensive. You can pick this up at Canadian Tire for very little money. Easy to put together and you're going to get your mileage out of it. Uh, obviously, a good bike rack is always recommended. I'm not sure at this point in the trip that we knew what the solution was, but we definitely knew that you need a good bike rack um, <laughs> that's going to make sure things don't fall off. And then I think really the last thing, which was a game time purchase in the middle of the trip, was a potty. Do you want to tell the listeners about why we determined it was such a big need? Well, I, before we get to the potty, can we talk about bug spray? Absolutely. <laughs> because bugs love me. Like mosquitoes love me. And I do not re react very well to them at all. I'm one of those people who you would probably be surprised loves the outdoors because when I get stung by a mosquito, my entire arm will swell up for days. So anywhere in Northern Ontario, you're going to get spots where it gets uh, quite buggy. And, you know, we were there like July-ish, August. I believe it was closer to August when we went. And uh, still really really mosquito-y. Once, once you hit dusk, especially if you're in the hiking trails in the woods where the, you know, the light and the air doesn't get to, be prepared. It, it is very buggy. So arm yourself with a lot of great bug spray. And as far as the lake goes, as I mentioned, it's gorgeous. It's Caribbean blue. It's beautiful, but it is very, very, very cold, even at the tail end of summer, you know, when some of the other Great Lakes might be warming up a little bit, Pancake Bay is still very cold. So one of the things that we found, especially when the kids were younger, was we, again, went to Canadian Tire and we picked them up some, you know, shorty style wetsuits, which were very reasonably priced. And that is something that really allowed, especially our youngest daughter, she would not go in 
in the water, if you just had her in a swimsuit, everything was cold. So whether the water was relatively warm or freezing in Pancake Bay, having something like those little wetsuits handy in the trailer was something that really, really changed the camping experience and made it a little more palatable for everybody. So that's something that I would highly recommend if you have kids that are that are kind of nervous to get in the water or just really don't like the cold water when they're swimming in any lake, river, stream, you name it. Doesn't You don't have to be doing water sports to have that bit of kit. And we will get to literally the best thing we have ever purchased in our entire history as RVers and something that we still continue to use today. And as Dan mentioned, it was a potty nonetheless. And this came about out of necessity. I say out of necessity after, you know, several trips backpacking our kids through the forest to the drop toilet in the middle of the night and then have everyone fully woken up from the crisp night air and not wanting to get back to sleep and then nobody getting any sleep and then everyone's grumpy in the morning. So the first opportunity we got, we went down into Sault Ste. Marie for some groceries and supplies and we stopped off to have a look at what the options were for portable potties. Yep, and we picked this one up at the best Canadian tire ever. It's the world's biggest Canadian tire. Well, I don't know if it's the world's biggest Canadian tire, but as far as I'm concerned, it's the world's biggest Canadian tire in Sault Ste. Marie. So absolutely great little device here. There's lots of different options out there, all kinds of different designs. You guys can figure out what works best for your family. What I will tell you is in the middle of the night when you don't want to have to get everybody up and take them down to the comfort station, you're able to get up, use the washroom and get back into bed in under 10 minutes as opposed to what felt like more of a three hour expedition. So that's really great, especially when kids are really young. Big advantage and the reason we still use it right now is because it extends your day trip. So even a couple of weeks ago, the girls are teenagers and preteens. I had taken them camping up in Tomogamy. We were able to really get back into the backcountry on some day trips and use that so that they could relieve themselves and we could spend the whole day out in the woods fishing and canoeing and, and enjoy that as opposed to having to rush back to a spot where they could use the washroom. And then really as COVID-19 has happened, it's really been a great device that's really opened up our day trip travels, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when washrooms weren't available. We were able to travel, stay away from everybody, uh, get out, help everybody's mental health by spending some time out in the outdoors and give them an opportunity to relieve themselves. So really, I think you know, it's the kind of thing you see in the garage and you want to get rid of it, but it's just paid dividends to us really over the years. And I would encourage everybody to go out and take a good look at one, especially if you're in a pop-up trailer. And even with the, with the big trailer, it still provides us lots of benefits right now. Particularly with, you know, as Dan said, with the day tripping, like they go fishing quite a lot. And a lot of the places that they choose to go out and take the boat, there really isn't a lot of facilities nearby anyway. So kind of a weird topic and we did tell you in the trailer we would talk about poop a lot which tune in for our next episode and we'll go in a little more in depth into how to maintain your travel trailer black water system some tips tricks you know in what to do if it fills up mid-trip and you don't have sewer facilities and how to keep some of that smell down so we're going to get into that in the next episode now if this is your first time tuning in we encourage you to go and subscribe to the show so you can hear all the other fun episodes we have coming up in the next few weeks and if you like what you've been hearing we invite you to go wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a review or a comment 
tell us what you loved about this episode or better yet, tell us what you want to hear more of in the future. You know, show notes for each of our podcasts will be found at our website, rvconnects.com. And in this episode show notes, I'm going to link to things like our tripod, the model of potty we have, a link to the websites for Ontario Parks and Pancake Bay, just so you can keep abreast of some of the the neat gear that we use uh, every trip out. So with that, I will say thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Have a great day.